It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Carbach Brewing Company presents Sports Talk 790 Astroline. Astroline. The official off-season show of Astros baseball. This is where we talk about your Astros. Join the show. Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag Astroline. That ball is gone. 2019 American League champion. Live from Plucker's Wing Bar on Shepard. Sports Talk 790 Astroline starts now. My pleasure always to put on a headset and sit next to Bill Brown, legendary broadcaster of the Houston Astros. How you doing, Brownie? Let's see. Yes, the honor's all mine. I forgot how to broadcast, Kevin. I think I overshot the runway on that one. No, no. You're working with an inexperienced guy here, so we'll get it. That was all on on Matt Bolt. No. I know. Theo and Emma are are hiding their faces right now after after that illustrious introduction. How how are you? Uh, I know it's, you know, we're we're following it from afar because neither one of us have been down to spring training just yet, but but we know all too well uh, what's going on down there. And uh, now I think finally you got games right around the corner, uh, about 48 hours away, and I I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a team more looking forward to the start of spring training real baseball than this Houston Astros team. You know that, and uh, you'll be down there soon. When do you leave, Kevin? I'm going mid-March, so I'm filling in for TK uh, throughout the the middle of March. and So uh, we've got a couple of telecasts coming up here, the first couple of games starting next week. But... uh, after that, uh, you know, we move on to, the, to to March, but I'll be going down there then. So, but I, I just think this team is finally uh, looking forward to, to being able to focus, get between the lines. You know, that, that sanctuary of between the lines. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you say? It's a good way to put it. Um, yes, and we have Christian Javier uh, starting the very first game uh, Saturday night. Yeah. So that's a. Uh, an intriguing story, and there will be a lot of storylines developing, especially with the open spots on the pitching staff this year. And that's going to be something we're going to talk about with Brian McTaggart coming up. But uh, it, it, there are some, I think more so than the last couple of years, there are, I don't want to just say holes, but I think there's jobs up for, uh, you know, it seems like this thing is pretty, pretty, much, pretty much set. But uh, there are certainly some jobs up in the air right now going into spring training, hoping that somebody, and we, we, we know that the usual names and the usual suspects, whether it's an on Austin Pruitt or a Josh James, whatever the case may be, but there are jobs to be had right now, and I think that makes for an interesting spring. It sure does, and, and for Dusty Baker, too, a look at the entire organization to see what kind of depth he may have when he has to make a decision on calling up a player from the minor leagues later on this year. Interesting, too, when you, you bring up Dusty, and I think about this, and, and just uh, talk about hitting the ground running. You come into a situation, you got a, at least a champ, more of a chance than I think Dusty has had to, to study the personnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that goes from a general manager standpoint as well with James Click. These guys are going to be going to be learning on the fly as they go, and, and I think that's a good thing from this standpoint because I think and you know as well as I do. Uh, guys can get a reputation in an organization, and it's hard to lose that reputation if it's not one that you may want. 
now it's a, it's a bit of a fresh start, and you can open some eyes. It's a good way to put it. And, uh, golly, I just can't imagine these two guys that you mentioned, James Click, Dusty Baker, and the amount of learning they have to do in the short time that a spring training provides. They are just going to be really observing everything they can every minute of every day. I thought it was interesting, and I, maybe you have talked about this on Astro Live, but you and I haven't gotten a chance. But I, I think back, and I started – you know, analyzing the, the, the Dusty Baker, the choice of Dusty Baker, and, and, and you know, took a little time to, to really think about it in a, in a lot of different ways. And I don't think there was a different, I don't think you could have a better choice from a standpoint of, I'm not sure you could throw a first-time manager in a situation like this. He's going to be a guy that has been through so much that I, I think he'll be able to, to quiet that storm a little bit if that's possible. He does seem to be an excellent fit, and I think it would have been a very difficult spot for a rookie manager to come into here. Kevin. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, Brian McTaggart of MLB.com joins us now. Tags, how are you doing? Uh, joining us from West Palm Beach. Uh, I, I think I uh, started this off with Brownie. Be hard-pressed to find a major league team more ready to start talking about baseball on the field and, and start playing than this Houston Astros team. Yeah, no doubt, guys. And I think in the last couple of days, we've uh, kind of gotten down to baseball a little bit since the full squad reported um, you know, a lot of the national media has peeled off camp and uh, you know we're kind of getting down to the, the nitty gritty and games are starting on Saturday so yeah it's been nice to, uh, to talk mostly baseball the last couple of days after sort of a, a tumultuous first week as far as the makeup of the team goes what are the big storylines you're looking at right now well, I think there's a couple. I think number one is the, the fifth starter spot. Um, that looks like right now that will be a battle between Josh James, Austin Pruitt, who came over from the Rays in a trade. And I think Framber Valdez is in there as well. Brad Peacock is probably going to start the season in the bullpen right now. He's probably better served there, Brent Strom says. I think you look at right field, is Cal Tucker actually going to push Josh Reddick to the point to where you know he's going to get most of the at-bats in right field? You know, Reddick had shoulder surgery. You know, he said the shoulder bugged him throughout the season. So, uh, you know, he feels healthy now. So maybe Josh Reddick will be, you know, better than he was in the second half of last year when he tailed off a little bit. And then maybe, you know, the last couple of bullpen spots. You know, they do have a, they do have some depth of arms here. You know, we all know about Osuna and, and Presley and Joe Smith and, and Davinsky and, and guys that have been around. But beyond that, you know, it's kind of a, a little bit of a, some, some open spots in that bullpen. But. Other than that, this team is pretty much set. I mean, what are they going to do with the 26 man? You know, they can add an extra spot this year. You know, does, does Garrett Stubbs come into play because he can catch? He's going to play some second this year. He can play some outfield. So uh, I think that's going to be fun to watch as well. Who gets that 26 man spot? Uh, hey, that's where I was thinking about this. And I want to ask you more about Josh James. But Abraham Toro's name comes to mind and what he was able to do in the big leagues a year ago. And he's a guy that's going to fall into that fight as well. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Uh, versatile as well. Can play all over switch the infield. We know that, you know, yeah, he hits the ball really hard. Switch hitter. Uh, yeah, I think he would be an ideal candidate to be the, the 26 man um, just because of the, you know, the versatility that he has as well. So, you know, I think if you had to handicap him right now, I'd probably say Toro would be maybe the favorite for the 26 man. But, you know, if you want to carry that third catcher and have that third catcher spot, um, you know, maybe you know, maybe that's where Stubbs can come in the pitcher as well. You know, Stubbs worked out in the offseason with Matt Chapman of the A's, gold glove third baseman. They lived together in California in the offseason. Then, you know, Craig Vizio is down here in camp as well. We all know he made the transition from catcher to second, and Stubbs plans to bend his ear as well. So he's 
you know, his goal is to get that final roster spot and be able to play some second outfield and catch as well. Hey, back to Josh James. I just heard him yesterday uh, talking with Matt Thomas. He was talking about changing some mechanics a little bit. We obviously know the velocities there, and that's something you can't teach. But uh, has he talked much about changing things as far as being able to find the strike zone on a more consistent basis? Yeah, I think that's the number one thing. I mean, we all know when he's in the strike zone, he's dominant. He averaged 14.7 strikeouts per nine innings. He also walked 5.1 batters per nine innings, so he's going to have to clean that up. But you know, he, he had a chance last year to win the, a spot in the rotation. He came to camp and had a quad injury right off the bat. That sort of mixed that. So he was in the bullpen. And then he had a shoulder problem in midseason that sort of derailed his summer. And after that sh- shoulder problem, he sort of tweaked his mechanics a little bit. He's trying to get more, I guess you call it, uh, he calls it linear. And he compared it to Garrett Cole. How Garrett Cole goes from point A to B. Now, James has a little more rotation, but different build. He's, he does need to use, you know, his lower body more, a little bit more rotation to get some of that power behind the 100-mile-an-hour fastball. But if he can spot his, spot his fastball, throw that breaking ball over the, over the plate for strikes and then throw the change up every now and then and just keep it in the zone, I think he's, he's got a chance, I think, to win this fifth starter spot. But he says he feels really good right now. He's healthy, um, and they're showing him things as far as Garrett Cole's delivery. He's trying to use some of that to his benefit. He tries to you know, shorten his arm action a little bit, get from the rubber to the plate quicker. Tags, how much of a consideration and attention do you think will be paid to the innings pitched by an aging Justin Verlander, by uh, Zach Greinke? They, they both had a lot of innings last year going on into postseason. Then you've got McCullers coming off a season of inactivity after Tommy John surgery. And we've read that he may be capped at 120 innings or something like that. Urquidy pitched about 154 last year, but that was a lot more than he had had the year before. So how much of a concern and how much attention do you think will be paid to that? Yeah, Brandy, I think it's definitely going to be a concern. I mean, it's pretty safe to say this team is not going to have five starters for most of the season like they did a few years ago. Um, I, I don't know. I almost put Verlander in a different category, though. He, I know he, today's his birthday, I believe. I think he's 37 years old today. But Verlander, 37 to me, is like a normal pitcher of 30. I mean, this is a guy that prepares like nobody, competes like nobody, wants to be uh, on the mound, wants to pitch till he's 45 years old. So I think a 37-year-old Verlander can go out there and pitch 220, 230 innings. You know, Granke, you know, I'm not sure. He's getting up there as well. Uh, you know, McCullers, the 120 was thrown, thrown around. Before we had the regime change that the manager and the GM, you know, we did ask Dusty Baker about it. He did all he would say is that, you know, they need to keep an eye on Lance McCullers. So I don't know if there's a cap on his innings or there will be. You know, maybe they, you know, they skip a few starts here and there or the middle of the summer just so they can have him for the playoffs. Um, yeah, and Arcady really pushed the envelope last year as well. I mean, we were wondering if he was going to get shut down at some point. Here he is starting. Uh, World Series game and, and pitching a lot of innings. So I think it's definitely going to be a concern. I guess if you're the Astros, you would like to have a little bit more starting pitching depth beyond you know, the six guys we've mentioned, the uh, the four starters I think that are you can pencil in plus the guys for the fifth starter, the, the fifth starter spot. So um, it's definitely going to be something going forward. But it, I think it all begins with Justin Verlander. I mean, if Verlander doesn't go out there and give you that workhorse 220, 230 innings, then you know, thing, you could be in trouble. But I, I don't see any reason why Verlander is, you know, not going to do that. He, he's in good shape. He prepares like uh, nobody else does. And, um, you know, he wants the ball every fifth day. 
Visiting with Brian McTaggart of MLB.com here on Astro Line, presented by Carbog Brewing. Uh, Forrest Whitley is a guy that, you know, you start to you start thinking from one year to the next when you start making that next move. Last year, you could say that maybe uh, he made a move, but it was in the wrong direction. What have you seen from him? And I know you're, you're looking at guys throwing bullpens right now, but how big of a spring training is this for Forrest Whitley? Well, I think it's a big one. It's a big season. I mean, the last two seasons, have been derailed by, you know, various things. It was the suspension a couple of years ago, then, you know, some oblique injuries. And then last year he said he really faced baseball adversity for the first time, went to AAA and had an ERA over 12 and really got kicked in the teeth and, and kind of got, you know, he got sent back down to, uh, to come back down here to Florida and sort of reset his season. Not only that, sort of reset his career and start over. And he showed up at spring training at 230 pounds. You know, he was – 190 pounds before and said he was just too skinny on that six foot seven frame that he just wasn't durable enough. He just could not pitch uh, a lot of innings just being that skinny. So he decided to work out less and eat more, which is exactly what I did in the off season as well. So he <laughs> go, came, he came, yeah. How about that? We're on the same <laughs> regimen. So he came to camp at about two thirty, uh, looking stronger and healthier. And yeah, this is a big year. Just you know what happened last year and just sort of, sort of having to reset. I mean, I, I, uh, I talked to Brent Strom the other day. He said that he expects him, or he wouldn't be surprised, I guess is what he said, that, that he'll be in the big league at some point this year. It's pretty clear he's going to open the season in the rotation at Round Rock. And, you know, he certainly needs to reestablish himself at AAA, I think, before the Astros even give it any sliver of a hope that they call him up now. How about Carlos Correa? We're reading that he's lost a few pounds. Yeah, Correa looks pretty strong. Uh, you know, showed up in uh, – Tremendous physical shape. Um, Dusty Baker got a look at him and said he was Adonis, <laughs> just with the shape he was in. So he, you know, another guy who changed his workout regimen in the off season, and you know, he's determined to have that full healthy season, which he really hasn't had since I think what 2016. You know, he had the back injury last year, last couple of years, the rib injury as well. So he made big time changes to his diet, eating better, working out smarter. Um, just trying to get in position to play, you know, 150 games for this team. It's just we know when he's on the field how dynamic he is, how dangerous he is. He's one of the top shortstops in baseball, but he played, what, half the season last year. And uh, they need him out there as much as they can. So, you know, um, yeah, he's in really good shape as well. And another guy who probably like a few of these guys, like we're here in spring training, reported in the best shape of their life. Hey. I think it's certainly the case for Carlos. Everybody but you and me, Tags. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't reported yet. I'm holding out. Hey, I'm, I'm curious because, you know, Colin McHugh, I, I go back, I think about Colin McHugh, I think about Will Harris, where they were before they came to Brent Strom. Uh, you know, the, the structure was there, but, you know, weren't able to put it together, and they were certainly able to put it together after they got to work with Brent Strom. Now I'm thinking about guys like Austin Pruitt. Is there a guy that's uh, not unlike Austin Pruitt that's been around the big leagues but can come here and maybe, you know, all of a sudden now something clicks because he has a really good pitching coach right now. Yeah, well, I think Pruitt is going to be really interesting because he has the high spin rate on the curveball. I mean, his, his uh, curveball spin rate, don't have the numbers in front of me. I think it's close to 3,000 RPMs, which is among the top in baseball. And we know that um, a lot of these guys that have come in under Brent Strom and that have had success have had high spin rates. Derek Cole, you know, took his career to another level. Charlie Morton took his career to another another level. And you mentioned McHugh and Harris, two guys that really had zero major league success before they got here. And one was an all-star and, and one won 19 games. And 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's he's, I think Pruitt is the one to keep an eye on as far as what he can do with Strom. And I, I think Strom's already got his hands on him a little bit and is trying to change some things as far as pitch usage, which is you know what we saw with Morton and uh, Cole as well. And, and you know, not that he's going to turn into Charlie Morton or Garrett Cole, but if he can be a guy that can uh, just solidify the bottom of that rotation and, and give you 160 innings, I, I think you'll, you'll be pretty happy with that trade. Hey, I'm curious. I know you wrote something about this, but uh, Dusty Baker, you know, instead of making that turn to the right, which he did for, you know, as a, as a yeah. Washington Nationals manager, now he makes that turn to the left when he pulls into the parking lot. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I know it's not going to be uh, something that's just another day, even though it's a, a spring training game, when, when Dusty manages against those guys in the other dugout, the Washington Nationals. Yeah, first time since Game 7 of the World Series. They opened Grapefruit League play on Saturday, and they play each other again on Sunday. Astros are the home team Saturday. But, yes, a couple of the Washington reporters came over today to talk to Dusty just about that, about facing his former team that he managed in 2016 and 2017. And, and Dusty said he's looking forward to it. He says he keeps in touch with a lot of those guys. Um, you know, he didn't think it would be anything intense or anything that's going to keep him up at night. But being on the other side of the dugout and seeing those guys was, was something that – uh, for him, that of course, he never thought he was going to manage again once he left the Nationals. So, you know, a chance to face him, I think, is going to be something special. But um, And when he was told that Max Scherzer was starting, it, he, that seemed to light his fire a little bit. And he <laughs> says, uh, really, he said, Scherzer's cool. I like Scherzer. So, well, you know, we'll see, we'll see how much uh, he'll like Scherzer after he p- pitches against him on Saturday. But, you know, Christian Javier is going to start that game. going to be a lot of young kids coming in and out, probably eight or nine for the Astros pitching in that game. And, It'll be interesting to see some of these guys get their feet wet. You know, Javier's a guy that barely made it to AAA last year, and he's going to be facing the defending World Series champion. So a big test for that young prospect right off the bat against the match. But okay. it should be fun to see those two teams back at it again. I want to see you post a complete scorecard after the game coming up, uh, after that game one of the of spring Ooh, training, boy. okay? <laughs> hey, Tags, tell – It's not game eight of the World Series, so don't, don't bank on it. Where, where can everybody follow you, Tags? Uh, visiting with Brian McTaggart of MLB.com. Yeah, well, you know, all my stories posted daily at uh, Astros.com. You look under headlines, you have it there. But also I'll link them all on Twitter, at Brian McTaggart. And then I post uh, photos on my Instagram page, uh, you know, strictly baseball photos and – I try to put four or five up there every day from spring training, even a few videos. That's uh, Brian McTaggart MLB. So uh, plenty of baseball coverage there, and, uh, you know, games are getting started. So uh, should be uh, should be getting some uh, a lot of good stuff coming and content coming in the next couple of weeks. For what we're paying you, you've overperformed. Hey, it's always good visit with you. Brian McTaggart of MLB.com visiting us with us from West Palm Beach here on Astroline, the official hot stove. It's not even a hot stove anymore. We can get no. on the stove is cooling off, Brownie, yeah, in a yeah. hurry. We're, we're out in the ocean now. All right, there we go. Up next, stay with us. We're going to take a quick break here at Pluckers Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd Drive. Get on out here at uh, we are here in the Heights. You visit with us. And uh, i tell you what, if you get here, the first five people that come in, they will get a chance to meet Matt Boltz. How about that? That'll be, yeah, and get an autographed picture of, of Matt Boltz as well. Up next, joining us right here at Plucker's Wing Bar, Astro Hall of Famer Shane Reynolds will be joining us. This is Astro Line from the Heights, presented by Carbog Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbock Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats. With our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hopadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbach Brewing. 
Carbach Brewing. Crafted for serious fun. The sun is shining, the palms are swaying, and Astro Spring Training is back in West Palm Beach this spring. Come experience baseball and the Palm Beach is all in one place. Visit astros.com slash spring to download your 2020 spring training schedule or call 561-500-HITS for ticket information or to place your season ticket, suite, or party deck deposits today. That's 561-500-4487. Minute Maid Park. Fans loving it. And whoever in this crowd wasn't standing before, well, they're getting to their feet now. Lock in the best seats with exclusive benefits with 2020 season tickets. This one's hammered to left field. That is a no doubt about it home run. That's hit well and deep to left field. Looking up. See you later. Visit Astros.com slash season tickets. And we'll see you at Minute Maid Park. Welcome back to Astroline, presented by Carbog Brewing. Yeah, and the, hey, Astroline is eastbound and down, that's for sure, because this is our final show from Houston, which means we are five days away from our first show in West Palm Beach. That's on February 25th. Remember, fans, Duffy Sports Grill. It is the official Astros home, uh, your Astros stream training home of Astro Line. Uh, Steve Sparks, Robert Ford will broadcast every spring training game beginning with the opener Saturday. That's Saturday, February 22nd for 15 ballpark of the Palm Beaches. He won 114 games in his major league career, 103 in a Houston Astros uniform. Shane Reynolds. Houston Astros Hall of Famer joins us now. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, hey, uh, this time of year, I know, uh, how long did it take after you retired to start getting things cranked up and, and knowing that you weren't going to spring training? And uh, how long did it take for you to wind that down? Uh, I don't know if I've ever gotten over really? it. Really? So no. you start start get the itch? It is. You do it for a long time, and it's just part of your life. It's what you do. It's who you are. Um, and it's just at a certain time of the year, you just – certain things happen and it's it's this time for me to do this it's this time we were so schedule oriented mm-hmm. um and me probably more so than anybody else just yeah. the way i was and the way i'm built it was just part of my life and that's just exactly what you did and it i, I don't know even now um i haven't played in so long this is a time of year where you get ready to go to spring training right. spring training is awesome you, you get around you get with the guys again you get back into that flow and you get to working out you get to competition it's just it's just part of you. It's nothing like it. Is that what you miss the most when you, that's what everybody says? Because you just said the guys, getting back with the guys. Is that what you miss the most when you when you retired? That, yeah. There, two or three parts. You know, the guys and the camaraderie and the, the dugout, the clubhouse, the, the flights, the bus rides. Um, that's one part. The other part is just the straight competition of being on the mound, the gut feeling. I was a gut feeling guy, and it was just – I got some great stories of me and Tony Osavio where he'd call a pitch and I would throw something completely else just because I had a gut feeling, don't shake, or, you know, if you shake, the hitter's going to know what. So stuff like that that people don't realize that, that out there in the moment, on the time, when it's just you and, and the batter and you, you, you see certain things, just you can't you can't really describe that tight feeling. So I, it, that's missed big time. You know, uh, Kevin, you've been around athletes for a few decades now, and I have too, and uh, that's one thing that's always struck me that you guys compete you compete like nobody's business if it's checkers it's no different um are you one of those guys who's always been wired that way to hey i don't care if it's ping pong i'm gonna beat you 
I have to say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think my, my kids get it, too, because my yeah. son would cheat at cards or <laughs> dominoes. It don't matter what, just to try to win a ball game. Yeah. I remember that from watching, you know, covering the team when you, when you were pitching, because you were that guy. And, and I, I even wrote – I mean, I wrote down some notes before we came in to – you know, can an average guy, can an average a guy with average stuff, be a a good, a better than average big league pitcher, not because of his stuff, but because of the way he's wired? Because you you seem not not that stuff. I'm not talking about the stuff. I'm talking about. I remember how wired you were from a standpoint of of so competitive, such a hard worker on the days that you weren't starting. I mean, I remember that you know 20 years ago. Oh, that's that's me completely. Exactly. Totally. I, I never had the. Uh, Above average stuff or the stuff just to get away with missing or not hitting the right spot or whatever. And that, that was me as far as having to – I felt like I had to be perfect. And I, I took my training, the workouts, and, and a lot of people would say, and I'd tell them the day I pitched was my day off mm -hmm. because I worked so hard to be so perfect because I felt like I had to do that. Matter of fact, Todd Jones, a great friend of mine, yeah. still to this day, and we talk all the time. He said something to me once. He's like – and it just come out of nowhere. And he goes – you know, the thing about you is when you retire, when you're done with baseball, you're going to have no regrets. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, don't take this the wrong way, which I did at first. But he goes, you will have gotten every single thing out of your ability that's possible. And at first I'm like, okay, you're saying I don't have good stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know. <laughs> and that's, I wasn't saying that either. Yeah, so, yeah. No, but you're right. And that's, I think that's how I look at things. And I coach a lot of times. Mm -hmm. I, I and I wonder a lot of times with these kids coming up with how they go nowadays with, with learning the pitching process with this select ball and all this stuff. You know, they just they go out for one inning, 10, 15, 20 pitches, throw as hard as they can, light radar gun, get drafted. That's what they got to try to do. Once you get them in your organization, you got to teach them how to pitch. And it's so funny to watch because what we were talking about earlier, I can remember to this day almost any batter through the whole course of my career, if I got him out with a certain pitch that may have been away, his first at bat, where he was standing in the box, I can tell you nine hitters later, when he come back up again, if he was in a different spot in the batter's box than he was the first time. Mm -hmm. Because that's the way I was taught. Was he closer to the plate because you got him out with an outside pitch? Was he further back because you got him in? Was he up close because you got him out with an off-speed pitch? Was he further back because you jammed him or got in on him? I mean, all that type of stuff. Are our kids... No. Do they have a? Do they even have a clue if a guy's in a different part of the box? I'm not sure they would understand what you just said. Exactly. But we were taught different. And Brownie, you've been around the game long enough. You know that that's the case with a lot of the old timers because that's what you had to do. You had to watch and you had to figure stuff out. Mm -hmm. Now, do you find that hitters, when you watch the game now, do not move around in the box as much as they used to? Yeah, I, I agree. They. I mean, it's changed though. It. There's good, there's bad, there's indifferent. You know, the game's changed the way it is. It's, it's, it's about, you know, elevating and hitting the home run and, and stuff like that. And, and I think the not so much that the batting and the mindset's different. It's just maybe the, the, the process to go about it. Think about this, though, from what you just said a minute ago about, about a guy, you know, he comes in and lights up the radar gun, he gets drafted. But you get a guy in an organization how much harder it is to work for, I mean, how much harder it is for a guy to excel and move up that may be throwing 88, but he can paint and he can, you know, he can change speeds and he knows how to pitch. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's, that's the, that's the double-edged sword in, in professional baseball. You look at Stromy, you look at Stromy and a lot of stuff he's printed and wrote and how he thinks on certain things. And he's exactly what you just said. 
because you can take a guy that lights up that radar gun for one inning at 18 years old at 95, 96 miles an hour. You get him, you get him in your organization, and he starts starting, and his average velocity is 91.6 or 92, and you're like, what's wrong? What do you mean? Well, if I go out there for 20 pitches and just air it out, and I don't really necessarily matter where I throw it, just as long as it's 95, then I'm what you saw. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it has to do with pitchability. A lot of it these days also has to do with what you see mechanically if he's going to hurt himself or if he's going to be a guy that's not going to hurt himself. There's a lot that goes into it. It really does. When you uh, see today's game and you see the rule change coming in for this year, that a relief pitcher would have to face potentially three batters or if he finishes the inning, maybe just one. Do you like that? No, I don't. And and I'm sorry, but... I'm old school and I'll always be old school. Um, I think there's a thought process, and it's why you have managers to manage the game, to win the ball game. And, and, and a lot of times it's a situation where you need the guy in the pen that's ready, and it's, it's the skill and the strategy of this guy's going to face this guy, this guy's going to face this guy, and that's just how the game goes. I know it goes longer, and we're trying to get away from that and trying to speed up the game to get the people in and out so it can be more of a – you know, better experience, but the game in itself um, kind of meant to be played a certain mm-hmm. way and managed and looked at a certain way, just my opinion. That's why he's a manager instead of a head coach. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the way I always look at Visiting with Shane Reynolds, Astros Hall of Famer, with us here on Astroline. Uh, you had a good relationship with Brent Strom, right? Uh, was it Venezuela is where you guys got together in, is it Winterball? Yeah, Winterball, yeah. 19... 19- 91. No, it, what was the story about about you want to you want to you want to pitch 10 years in the minor leagues or a day in the in the major leagues? That, that's that what, that's what he asked me. I don't really know how I got there. I was flopping around in Double A a little bit. Tell that story though. Okay, that's, we got time. Yeah, I mean, okay. Wait, trust me, we got time. It's an unbelievable story. I think one of those that I think that a book or a story should be made of just because of the situation that happened. I was in Double A and I struggled a little bit. Had a better second half. Um, they usually take guys that had one uh, less than one year in the big leagues or a AAA guy, and they only took five Americans each year that time. Um, Rick Sweet was our manager in AA, and Brent Strom, the Astros AAA pitching coach, was going to be the coaches over there. Don't know how to this day I got over there, but I got asked to go. I'm like, yeah, sure. So we went. Stromy watched me pitch twice, you know, and on my third pin day, he asked me, he goes, you want to pitch one day in the – now, Ten years in the minors or one day in the big leagues? Man, I, one day in the big leagues. He goes, do this. So he kind of changed me, and for 14 days, every other day, I threw to Rick Sweet, which was a manager. He was a catcher when he played ball. And he just changed mechanics a little bit. I had the right arm angle, but he gave me a little bit of curveball and a split finger. Split, yeah. That's yeah. where, it, uh, that's where yeah. you found it, right? That's it, right there. Never thrown it before or anything like that. Um, But what he did was he put a scuff on the inside of the ball because he wanted me to see it move a certain way. He wanted me to throw it every single time I threw it. You know, wanted to see it. Okay, long story short, the last time that I was going to throw off the side, two days before I was going to pitch, he threw me the ball and I was going to throw. And I threw it back to him. I said, you need to scuff it. He goes, no. I said, well, it it won't move. You've proved to me that scuffs like that on either side will make the ball move and it won't. He goes, no, it will. And I threw it, and it did the exact same thing as it did with it the first day that it would have had a scuff on it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. How did it do that? And then the split finger, just it was a confidence thing. The smaller little spike curveball I could throw for a strike at any point in time. And what he was doing was he was giving me confidence 
to be able to throw strikes with all my pitches at any time in the count. And it, from there, it just I had a great uh, rest of the uh, Venezuela, you know, pitching against those guys. Um, went to big league camp, uh, started in AAA and made it to the big leagues about halfway through 92. It goes to show that good coaches are as, as much the mental part of it as the, the physical part of it. He sees okay. what you can do physically. He just had to convince you in your head. No doubt. But that was it, right? No doubt. I've always thought Stroman was a little bit ahead of the curve as far as the pitching and ideas, um, long, even a long time ago. Yeah. All right, uh, we got plenty more to come with Shane Reynolds. We want to invite you to make plans now to see your Houston Astros in action in 2020 spring training. Schedule gets underway this Saturday at 15 Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. For the best way to experience Florida, visit thepalmbeaches.com. Stay with us. Plenty more to come. This is AstroLine, the official offseason. And it's supposed to be not very far from being in season. Hot Stove Show presented by Carbog Brewing. Live from Blucker's Wing Barn, 1400. Shepherd. Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbach Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats. With our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hopadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing. Crafted for serious fun. The sun is shining, the palms are swaying, and Astro Spring Training is back in West Palm Beach this spring. Come experience baseball and the Palm Beach is all in one place. Visit astros.com slash spring to download your 2020 spring training schedule or call 561-500-HITS for ticket information or to place your season ticket, suite, or party deck deposits today. That's 561-500-4487. The Astros Buddies Club, presented by BBVA, is the official kids club of the Houston Astros. This is my heater. I dare you to hit it. And the coolest way to show off your Astros pride in school or on the playground. For only $30, get Astros Buddies items, including a backpack, socks, hat, and lanyard, as well as tickets to select home games at Minute Maid Park. To learn more or to become a member, go to astros.com slash buddies. every weekend or every game a game against every opponent the Astros face this season with a 28 game plan. Pick the plan and the seats that work best for you for details and to select your plan today visit astros.com slash season tickets back here at Pluckers Wing Bar as we come to you the final Astro line from the city of Houston on to West Palm Beach next week. Back with Matt Boltz, I'm Kevin Ashenfelder, Bill Brown, and Astros Hall of Famer Shane Reynolds. Uh, we talked about spring training coming up. You, you, No one has started more opening days than Shane Reynolds. Uh, you and who was it? J.R. Richard, Mike Scott have all started five times. What, what an honor that is, and I know it's something you don't think about when you're working through spring training, but I, I know that had to be a great honor for you to start that, take that ball on opening day. Oh, very much so, because it, to be the, the guy that they I guess kind of count on, and I've talked to Larry Durker over the years about that, and that's something that he told me. He goes, well, just for one thing, I knew you'd be ready um, physically and mentally, um, and that made him feel good as far as putting me out there. Not that I was any better than the other guys. It's just something that the manager feels good about. Um, 
same with Dusty, the same way. He gets to know the guys and he just feels good and has a relationship with them. Um, it just it, it makes you feel better in certain situations um, when it feels good. Mm -hmm. As we watch these guys now, first time through the rotation, put yourself back in that. And uh, when you made your first start of the spring, what were your objectives in that start number one of the spring? Just to get the body, um, body, and I guess mind right because those team, those two things kind of go so hand in hand. I mean, one thing may be ready and the other thing's not, and you're not going to be right. Um, and it just makes a difference because you, you go through the, you think you're ready, and then you may go through a little bit of dead arm, and it feels good, nothing hurts, but it's just not doing right what it needs to do, you know. So those mental things you kind of got to get through. Um, but you're talking about fun. It, it was so much fun getting back into the, the routine and, and getting ready for the season. Um, and I wouldn't trade that for anything. You, you talk about how, and I know how competitive you are, but, you know, guys, uh, Nolan Ryan was a notoriously bad in spring training baseball. You know, get lit up. Uh, did it bother you? And be honest with you, because you, you got to be totally, this is Astro Line, you got to be honest. <laughs> did, it, did it bother you whenever you'd go out and, and get lit up in a spring training game? And I don't even know if you ever did. Oh, yeah, I it did. did. And it did, yeah. yes. I was one of those guys that, that it did. <laughs> I mean, we just talked about that earlier about me, you know, almost killing myself to be ready and be perfect every uh -huh. time. And, like I said, I was one of those guys that it, that, that didn't have the, absolute, the 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 natural stuff to get away with making mistakes. Uh, in spring training, that's what it's about. You're gonna make a lot of mistakes, and you learn from them. And you you may it may be a certain time. I can remember throwing the bag in those guys sometimes. He goes, "Hey, can you throw me a bunch of curveballs?" I throw him a bunch of curveballs, and I get out. Hey, what are you doing? I said, "Well, we talked. He wanted me to throw him curveballs. Well, I needed to work on that, and he wanted to see it. So it's things like that that." More so when you're a veteran-type guy. The young guys these days, uh, and even at, at my time, you come in ready to go. Uh, and I know, Brownie, you, you were there for, the, for earlier times when, when guys like Roger, maybe Mike Scott and some of those other guys, they kind of worked out a little bit, but not like we did. They used spring training. To get ready for the regular yes, season. to get ready. They to did. get in shape for the regular exactly. season. Exactly. Now, at about my time, what I saw when I come, guys were ready. Mm -hmm. I mean, I felt like I had to come in, and I was trying to earn a spot early for sure, so I had to be ready right then, not later. I think guys these days with the way they train, I think a lot of the guys come in to, the, to, to spring training almost ready to go. Now, they need to see, you know, have 30, 40, 50 at-bats to see the live pitching and all that stuff out of the hands and all that. But other than that, their bodies are ready, and, I mean, they're, they're, they're ready to go, especially the pitchers. It's getting so much younger these days, you know what I'm saying? So they come in, turning and loose, ready to go, ready to pitch. With the shifting in the game now, a lot of times a ground ball is something that does not work out. Uh, but, but hitters are trying to lift now more, too. They're, yeah. they're not as likely to try to slap the ball on the ground against the shift and settle for a single, right? Exactly, and that's what we talked about earlier. The game's changed. Uh, and the numbers and the data supports it. Hit it in the air. You got a higher percentage chance of the ball hitting grass than hitting it on the ground. Look at the guys. I mean, Correa. I mean, he throws it 90. He can throw it 95 or something across the infield. And he and look how big he is. He gets to stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you hit it on the ground and the numbers percentage-wise says you hit it this percentage to this part of the field and they play over there and you're not changing things like what we just talked about, you're staying with what you're doing, you're out if you hit it on the ground. Mm -hmm. So 
What is the thing about baseball? Because I'm thinking about that because I see so many times, though, I see a ground ball up the middle. And, and, you know, five years ago, I'd be writing down a base hit on my scorecard. But there's a guy standing right there because they see that, you know, that he's got a better chance of hitting it there. So you play a guy there. And then then you see the guy hit a ground, but we ground ball to the second base where the second baseman should have been. I know that's got to be frustrating. But at the same time, do you think it takes more hits away? Then you give up. I mean, that's that. Obviously, they wouldn't keep doing it. Yeah. If it if it if the numbers told you that it, that it didn't work that way. I think it does. I mean, look at your second baseman, Altuve, he's in playing Rover. He's, he's plays by how many how many base, base yeah how many base hits is he fielding out there throwing the guy out at first? So it it, it takes more away than it that, gives. That's what I think is going to be the most interesting thing to see how the Astros change this year. Very much so. Uh, you, yeah. I I keep thinking, Kevin, that. Uh, Sometime you're going to have a left hand. Okay, Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo. It's okay. exactly great. So great Joey Gallo. Thing. Somebody said, well, you know, Joey Gallo himself said, well, I need to get an extra base hit to help my club. Uh, if I'm a singles hitter, it doesn't help my club very much. I'm supposed to be hit for power. I'm, I'm paid to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Right. But when you look at the shifting on Joey Gallo, I'm thinking if Joey Gallo can bunt somewhere near the third base bag, he not only has a single, he has a double. But that's they what cannot get over there and prevent him from getting to second Prince, base. Prince Fielder was the best at it because he would swallow his pride and he would hit something down the left. I mean, he just hit something where the third baseman was. And it, you know what? Keep the line moving. If you got a good, if you got a good, if you got a good lineup, a good offensive team, keep the lineup moving. Somebody's gonna, somebody's gonna drive you in. Uh, yeah, and that'll never change uh, until they're asked or told. You want me to hit 220 with 35 home runs? That's where or, it comes or, down to it. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's what it is, and they're okay with that. That's the way the, the, that's the way the game you know has gone. You're exactly right, Brownie. Joey Gallo is like, I need to hit. An extra base hit, a double, triple, or a home run to help my team, not a single. That's that's why you don't see guys giving themselves up and taking it. How many times could they do it? Yeah. Now, it's tougher than what you think. It, it, it looks oh, easy know. on TV just to go, hey, swing a little bit later on that fastball, and you can hit it where the shortstop's not. Right. It's not that, no, it's it's not that easy. It's tough. <laughs> it's could not. they get more of the hits that way? Sure they could, but they're not paid to do that. But if you're facing a lineup with some high on-base average guys, who will take their singles and their walks. You're in and trouble. Mixed in with, yeah. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a tougher lineup? You're in trouble. Face? You're in trouble. And that's what I think you see with the Astros. And that's where I would go back to you looking at this lineup and you're facing, you're facing Springer, you're facing Altuve, Bregman, however it breaks down. Uh, then you start mixing Brantley into the mix, and, and, and Yuli, went, you know, Yuli was as good a hitter as there was after the All-Star break last year. You start break, putting those guys into the mix. How, how would you face a team like this? Because you talk about perfectionist. I mean, mistakes, they, they spit on a pitch that's an inch off the plate. Well, that's why they're so good. And yeah. if you watch in the course of season long, and you see Correa pulling an inside pitch, you see him going with an away pitch, Altuve. He may hit. He may hit a pitch, you know, six inches off the ground away, he may, and he may hit it away, and he may hit the inside pitch to pull. You know what I'm saying? There, it's like there's a lineup of Astros, of all the hitters, that you don't have one so much as just a pull hitter. It's like Brantley. If you throw it in, he might pull it. Wow. If you throw it away, he'll hit it the other way. And all of them are kind of like that. They don't just do one thing. So as a pitcher, you're right, Brownie. If I'm sitting there with those type guys, you're going, oh, my gosh, if I throw it away, he may go away. If I throw it in, he may pull it in. What do you do? So that makes it a whole lot tougher on pitchers. That's why they're so good. Now, what about the possibility of having computerized strike zones 
How do you feel? Wouldn't you rather have an umpire behind home plate calling the pitches? That's a tough. That's a tough one. Um, because coming up, you had umpires and you knew what their strike zone was, and, and they all may be different. It may not be exact. One may give a little bit off here. One may give a little off here. Maybe a little higher. Maybe a lower. You just knew what they were, so you you kind of adjusted accordingly to the to the umpire. Now they're trying to get it to where they fix it in this. In the, so to answer your question, I don't know. For hitters, they, it would give them the opportunity to know exactly day in and day out where it's going to be. Just a couple of minutes left, uh, about 30 seconds. The Astros this season, we've, we, do we all know what they've gone through. And uh, do, you, do you see them taking that us-against-the-world mentality and, and, and being able to, to turn it into a positive season? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, they, I think they feel like they have some, something they want to, to prove. They're all professionals and great players. They're going to have a great team. And the thing about it is they've done the right thing by getting the right guy to lead them as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I was with Dusty in 1996 in that Japan tour thing just for a little bit. Awesome guy. He is going to do exactly what needs to be. I think he's a good guy for the job. Great trivia question. Who does Shane Reynolds throw his last pitch with? The Arizona Diamondbacks. How about that? Yep. I, I'd have never gotten that. <laughs> like Johnny Unitas playing for the San Diego Chargers, Brownie. That's, that's just, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, hey, Shane, we, we, man, we really appreciate you coming down. It's great visiting with you. Thank you very much for being here. Kevin, thanks for having me. It's awesome. Appreciate All right, it. Shane Reynolds very visiting fun. with us here on Astroline. We'll be back. One final segment here from Plucker's Wing Bar. Stay with us. More to come here on Astroline, presented by Carbot. Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbach Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats. With our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hopadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing. Crafted for serious fun. The sun is shining, the palms are swaying, and Astro Spring Training is back in West Palm Beach this spring. Come experience baseball and the Palm Beach is all in one place. Visit astros.com slash spring to download your 2020 spring training schedule or call 561-500-HITS for ticket information or to place your season ticket, suite, or party deck deposits today. That's 561-500-4487. Houston is the city we love. A city of heart, resolve, determination. A city we embody as we suit up and step on the field each day. We play for the H on our caps. For the legacy we will build together. We play for our city. Our home for the H. Astro season tickets are on sale now. Enjoy some of the best seats and exclusive benefits throughout the season at Minute Maid Park. For tickets and more information, visit astros.com slash season tickets or call 877-9-ASTROS today. We welcome you back to our final Houston edition of Astro Live presented by Carbide Brewing. Thank, thank everybody for being here. Thanks so much. We had a good crowd uh, all winter long. Starts right after, what, Christmas and Matt Bolts, yeah, right after Christmas. Matt Bolts keeps us going all the way through. Back here with Kevin Ashenfelder, back with Bill Brown. And uh, Brownie, uh, you know, goes back to what, uh, you know, I think once we get to the point of, of hearing the, you know, 
the bat swinging, the pop of the bat, and the, that, the glove, and starting to get to that point. I think uh, things will settle down, and I think we'll start to get back to some sense of normalcy, at least I hope. It's long-awaited, yes, and, and it's always welcome. And you know, uh, back in the years when we lived up north and there would be a lot of snow on the ground, mm -hmm. it was really anticipated by fans of the northern teams to be able to Think about Florida and get the sounds of spring training again on the radio. That's always an enjoyable time. And you and Shane Reynolds will be working a game coming up uh, March 24th, right? We're going to do a game at Minute Maid Park. The Cleveland Indians are in town at the very end of spring training. Mr. Bolts will be at the controls as always. And uh, Shane's going to become a broadcaster yeah, that day. You, and you know what? Uh, we really appreciate Shane Reynolds for stopping by. Always great stories that Shane has to tell. And uh, uh, a really smart guy. He, he pitched that way, and, and, he, and he can talk it as well. You know what he mentioned is something that uh, I think is fascinating, the way he could analyze a hitter's stance That's, yeah. from one at bat to the next. To the Well, he backed up four inches from home plate more than last time up. So, okay, let's think along with him and try to get him out by countering that. Yep, absolutely. Hey, a reminder, uh, spring training baseball, the 25th will start with uh, on AT&T Sportsnet. You can see those games. You can hear all the broadcasts as well with Steve Sparks and Robert Ford and Matt Bolts as well. Brownie, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. Emma Theo, where are you guys? Thank you for being here as well. You're sharing your dad, Matt Bolts, with us. We also thank the great people here at Pluckers Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd here in the Heights. And thanks to all the Astros fans for being with us as well. Five days away, we will be with you in West Palm Beach, Robert Ford and Steve Sparks. That'll do it for this edition of Astro Line. Enjoy some spring training baseball, everyone. Astro Line. You've been listening to Sports Talk 790 Astroline, the Astros' official off-season show, presented by Carbock Brewing Company. Astroline on Sports Talk 790, home of the Astros. Later, later.